Welcome to Soul Rio, a church where God is made center, families made stronger, and lives restored. Today's sermon is entitled, My Church is Faithful, presented by Pastor Floyd Silva on June 24th, 2018. I don't know what it is this morning, but for whatever reason, you guys look exceptionally good. I'm just trying to pinpoint why you look so nice this morning, but I'll figure it out later, but uh, I don't know, we'll, we'll figure it out, but if you would, go ahead and grab your Bibles, there's Bibles under the chairs if you didn't bring yours with you this morning, or if you use your iPad or your iPhone, you're welcome to do that. We're going to be in the book of Philippians this morning as we continue in our series. Um, we're going to look at Philippians chapter 2, the first 10 verses. And uh, these are very important verses for us as the church, as the body of Christ. And, and there's some things in here that really will help us to gain a greater understanding of what it means to love our church, to love one another like Christ has commanded us. Um, but before we do that, what I want you to know this morning, as I was praying through this week and I was praying for all of you that would be here this morning, uh, God reminded me of how important you are to me. And so I want to start off by just simply saying, I need you. And, and, I, and I hope you see each other in the same light, that, that we need each other in this lifetime. That, that God never does anything unintentional. That God is always very, very purposeful in how he puts people into our lives. I have a couple of friends that uh, have become friends of mine just because um, I made the decision to, to start working out at the first of the year and actually going to a gym instead of doing it at home. And uh, I walked in the gym one morning, the uh, uh, first couple of days that I was there, and, and there was this young man that I'd met before. I had seen him through acquaintances, through family, and, and they were, he was actually a friend of a family member. And, uh, and so, so I, I kind of just got a little bold and went over and said hello, you know, and introduced myself again. He said, oh yeah, I remember you. I know who you are exactly, blah, blah, blah. And uh, I just said, hey, you know what? What, what would you think if, if, I, if I jumped in with you? Would it be okay? And, and he said, sure. You know, he's pretty cool. He's pretty excited about it. So, so about six months ago, we started working out together. In the midst of that, another gentleman that used to work out with him was kind of on a break, an injury break, and then he came back. And uh, so for the last several months, all three of us have pretty much been pretty consistent working out together. Well, I, I tell you that little bit of a story, not, not to kind of boast that, hey, I'm faithful to my workouts. <laughs> Thank you. I combed my hair. <laughs> but I tell you that story because some of the things that have happened in those brief moments as we're working out together have been life-changing not only for myself, but for these, these men. Because I tell you what, God has opened up opportunities for us to talk about Jesus. You know, to a, to a level that I, I would have never even guessed in the sense that I was just there to work out. I was just there to stay healthy. But God has used those moments and it reminded me that we need each other. And I think that's why this series that we're doing this summer, I Love My Church, is so important to us. This command that Jesus gives us that we are to love one another is so important to us. You know, today at Sol Rio, it's, it's a big day for us. It's a big day because we come together and we come to worship. We can't come here this morning because we're going to worship through song, through word, uh, through communion, 
You know, we're going to fellowship. We're going to gather together at the end of the service and just hang out and get to know one another, have a burger and enjoy the things that God has blessed us with. See, these things in this life are, are important to us and not just because we have these things, but it's because of the people that are around these things, these people that God has placed in our lives that makes it so important, so critical to one another. See, this morning we're gonna break bread and, and we're gonna remember what Christ did for you and I on the cross. We're gonna celebrate the aspect of that you and I, we have salvation and today is the day of salvation. Today we have an opportunity to bow and worship the God and King that created the heavens and the earth. And in our passages today, as we look at them, God's gonna help us to understand why this unity why this communion, why this oneness is so important to him and to each and every one of us here. See, the Bible teaches us some very specific things. God's word is so important. But before we do that, I want us to start with a question. You know, the title of our, our, our message today is My Church is Faithful. But I, I want us to ask ourselves this question this morning. What do I need to do to be faithful. What does that mean for me? What do I need as a believer in Jesus Christ, as a person that lives in this world, what do I need to do to be faithful? See, I know that this question probably provokes a lot of different responses, you know, because a lot of times we think, oh, that's just a subjective question. It means something different for everyone. Well, yes and no. See, because one man's opinion of being faithful will vary depending on maybe how they were raised, where they are right now in their faith, in the journey that God has them on. They'll hear and see a whole lot of different opinions. But see, in Paul's letter to the church at Philippi, he gives both us and them a better understanding of how we find joy in faithfulness how we see true biblical faithfulness, what it means to be a follower of Jesus Christ that lives a faithful life in obedience through service to the one true God. See, it's the body of Christ working in unity and seeking to honor God by loving one another. And I'll tell you, it's not subjective. It's truth. God's word is truth. And if we live by the truth, we will worship him in truth. And if we live by the truth, we will worship him in spirit. And that's what God desires for you and I, that we would worship him in truth and in spirit. See, I, I love my church, and I know that to show sincere love that I have to be faithful in my walk. I have to be faithful in my service and my obedience to God because I know that reflects into your life, and your life reflects into mine. And that's why it's so important that we understand that we need each other, that we are important to one another, and that what we have, what we've been given, is intended to share with the world around us. So before we read, let's bow our hearts, let's bow our heads, and let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for this morning. Father, we thank you for the love and the grace that you've given us. Thank you for your son, Jesus Christ. And this morning, Father, we come into your presence. We come to worship you through song, through word, through deed. Father, with all that we are, Lord, we pray this morning that you would open our hearts, that you would open our eyes and our minds to see clearly 
that your spirit would fill us, that you would stir our hearts and move us to a place of faithfulness, a place where you want us, Father, a place where you've called us to be. And Lord, I, I pray that together, united in Christ, that as one, that we would encourage each other, that we would remind each other, and that we would point each other to your son, Jesus Christ. Lord, I ask this morning that you soften my heart, that you soften the hearts that are here and prepare us for everything that you have for us. Lord, we love you and we praise you and we do it all in Jesus' name, amen. All right, I'd like to read um, through Philippians chapter two, the first 10 verses. All right, everybody there, everybody ready? All right, good deal. Starting in verse one, he says, so if there is any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from love, any participation in the spirit, any affection and sympathy, complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interest of others. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, who though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men and being found in human form. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name so that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God, our Father. So what I want to do this morning, I want us to break this passage down into three parts as we, as we look at what we need to do to be faithful. And the first thing that we see here in verses one and two is that faithfulness means that I, that I seek unity. He says, so if there's any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from love, any participation in the spirit, any affection and sympathy, complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. So what does it mean to be of the same mind? See, being of the same mind is not having necessarily the same opinions. See, remember, this isn't about being subjective. It's about the truth. See, we can have differing opinions about things, but when it comes to unity, we must seek the truth and become one in Christ. We must be of the same mind. See, this means that, that we are united as a family, as a body of believers, together in unity to seek the love of Jesus Christ and to share the love that Jesus showed us. See, it's his love that unites us. It's his love that brings us together as the body of Christ. See, he is the core, he is the nucleus of all that we are and all that we will become. I want you to listen to what Jesus says as he's praying for you and I. In John chapter 17, verses 25 and 26, he prays this. He says, O righteous Father, even though the world does not know you, I know you, and these know that you have sent me. 
I have made known to them your name and I will continue to make it known that the love with which you have loved me may be in them and I in them. And then back up a few verses in verse 23. Jesus kind of clarifies it. He says, I in them and you in me that they may become perfectly, what does he say? One. Perfectly united so that the world may know that you sent me and love them even as you loved me. See, if I'm going to be faithful, I have to seek unity at all costs. I have to seek it at all costs. See, this is an important aspect of our faith. If the church isn't united, how are we going to share Jesus with the world around us? If we don't seek unity at all costs, how are we going to draw others into this faith, this love, this hope that we proclaim? Well, before we get to our next point, I think it's important for, for me to, to kind of share this disclaimer. It's not my disclaimer, it's Jesus's. So if you get mad at anybody for this, you can get mad at him. He'll talk to you, don't worry. He'll, he'll wrestle through it with you. See, this, this comes straight from the mouth of, of God. In Matthew 10, he says, whoever does not take his cross and follow me is not worthy of me. Let me read that again. Whoever does not take his cross and follow me is not worthy of me. See, I want us to hold on to what Jesus says. See, because I, I think it's important for us to understand what, what's being communicated in these passages to the church at Philippi, to you and I. This, this understanding of what it means to be faithful. See, it's important to know and understand that when we go on this journey with Jesus, when we begin to give our lives to Jesus, he becomes Lord of our lives. And when someone or something becomes Lord in your life, that means you have to surrender your life. That means you have to move from number, number one, numero uno, to number two. See, Jesus says it very clearly that there will be sacrifice and you have to be willing to pick up your cross daily. Not once in a while, not on Sunday mornings, but daily. See, you and I have to sacrifice for one another. If we want unity in the body, that means I have to sacrifice. If I, if I want things to work well and glorify God, that means I have to sacrifice. I have to be willing to give up. I have to be willing to put God first. See, what Jesus is saying here is really the most important thing that you and I need to know is that faithfulness means that I decrease. Less of me and more of him. Look at verses three through five. It's a picture of, of decreasing. It says, do not do anything from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Do you hear that? says, let each of you look not only to his own interest, but also the interest of others. Having this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus. See, I want us to be clear here. 
You and I, we are fellow servants. Just because I stand on this stage doesn't make me any better than you. We are fellow servants in this community of believers in this church. You and I serve alongside one another. We serve alongside Jesus. We serve along wherever God calls us and leads us to serve. We move towards that. And in order to do that, you and I, we have to decrease. We have to humble ourselves and see the needs of others more important than our own. But see, this doesn't mean that, that, that our needs aren't important. It just that means that, that we acknowledge that other people have needs also. That the things that I've been given, the gifts, the abilities, the talents, the resources, whatever it is, have been given to me so that I can help others on this journey. All those that have come, all those that God has brought into my little circle, my little network of people. Whether they come to this church or they don't come to this church, there are people in your world that need you and they need you to decrease so that Jesus might increase. See, when we follow Jesus, we must decrease so that he can increase. Our faithfulness should be a reflection of how Jesus served us. See, he came and he modeled. Listen to what it says in verses six through eight. He said, who though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped. But he emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men and being found in human form. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. See, the key here for you and I is humility. And I'll be the first to admit, humility is hard. Being humble is hard. There's moments in my life where I don't want to be humble. I jokingly tell my wife and I say, you know what, I just don't want to be the nice guy. (laughs) I don't want to be the nice guy in this. And of course, gracefully, she loves me and she says, Floyd, be the nice guy. (laughs) You know what's right, do what's right. Yeah, but I don't want to. See, the key here, the difference is a humble and willing and faithful heart that seeks to create unity at any cost. It's you and I being obedient to Jesus Christ, obedient to the point of even death. That means that we have to decrease so that God may increase in our lives. Well, the last part of this passage gives us what really happens when we do the first two things. See, faithfulness means that I exalt Jesus, that I seek to lift up Jesus above myself. That my hope and my desire and everything that I say and everything that I do is to lift up the name of Jesus. Because remember, this passage tells us that every knee will bow, every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. It says in verse 9 and 10, Therefore, because of this, God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. See, you and I, our lives should exalt Jesus. When we are faithful, we exalt Jesus when we are faithful and seeking unity in our faith and dying to ourselves, we become the person that God intended us to be, who he created us to be. Again, what do I need to do to be faithful? 
Even though this is the last point, I just want us to know, truly, this is where we begin. It all starts with a deep, intimate relationship with Jesus Christ. See, I can start to love you and try to love you, but my love's imperfect. My love will fail you. My love will let you down. My love will hurt you. My love will fill in the blank. But the love of Jesus Christ will never fail you. It, It will never let you down. It will never leave you. It will never forsake you. Jesus says, I will be with you to the end of the age. Jesus says, I, I raise these arms and I, and I spread myself on this cross for you because I love you and I care enough about you. See, God's love never fails. That's why Jesus says in his prayer to God, I in them, you in me, the love that you gave me, Father, is the love that I want them to know. The love that I want them to have and to understand and to hold on to and to pursue like nothing else. See, God is love. And he loves you, he loves me. And he wants to bring us into this intimate relationship and he's done it through Jesus Christ. It's a sacrifice and it's meaningful and it creates something in our lives something that, that words really truly can't comprehend. But, but the moment you experience the love of Jesus Christ, I promise you it'll change your life forever. It'll create something in you that is new. But you, you have to be the one to take that step towards him. You have to move towards the love and the hope of Jesus Christ. You have to take that step. I want to close with this passage before we have communion together. It comes out of Ephesians chapter 1, verses 7 through 10. It says, In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace, which he lavished upon us in all wisdom and insight, making known to us the mystery of his will according to his purpose which he set forth in Christ as a plan for the fullness of time to unite all things in him, things in heaven and things on earth. See, this is God's plan. You are here for a reason. You are here with a purpose. And again, I just want to remind us, we need one another. You are important to God You are important to me. You are important to the person sitting next to you. And not just because you're wearing a pretty shirt. It's part of it, but it's because of who Christ is in you. He truly is a good, good father. He loves us even to the point of death. As we think about communion and we remember the death on the cross, what Jesus Christ did for you and I, It's just to take a few moments just to self-reflect, to ask God to to search our hearts, just bow our heads and close our eyes and just a moment of silence where you and God are just alone together in one moment. Ask him to, to search your heart. Ask him to help you to understand the things that you've done in disobedience to him. Ask for forgiveness because God forgives. He loves you so much. He's done so much for you. The Bible teaches us that God sent his only beloved son so that 
that you and I wouldn't be condemned, that we wouldn't see death, that the fear of death would be gone so that we might have eternal life through Jesus. It teaches us that, that if we confess with our mouths and we believe in our hearts that Jesus Christ is Lord, that we are saved, that God saved us from our sin, saved us from the brokenness, saved us from all the things that, that have caused so much misery and, and grief in our lives. See, Jesus is our Savior, and he has come for you and I, and he will come again. And this morning, as we take this cup, as we break this bread, we see it as a reflection of a body that was broken so that we could have that forgiveness, so that we could be forgiven, so that we could be saved, and so that we can move into eternal life with Jesus Christ. Just take a moment of silence, and then we'll pray. Father, as we, we come into your presence this morning, we remember, we remember what you've done for us. We give you praise and we give you glory for the love and the grace that you showed us through Jesus. Father, our, our prayer this morning is that as we see the body on the cross, as we see the brokenness that was, was done for, for each and every one of us, that we would give you glory, we would give you praise, and we would be thankful for the forgiveness that you've offered us. And Lord, we would, we would take this in remembrance, that we would eat the bread and drink of the body of Jesus Christ, the blood that was shed so that we might have salvation. Father, that it unites us together as one, as the church, as the body of Christ. Father, each and every person here has an opportunity to, to bow before you and, and proclaim the name of Jesus Christ. And I pray that this morning would be the day that they did that. If they haven't already, that we would renew our faithfulness, that we would renew the hope that you've given us through your son, Jesus Christ. Lord, as we take this bread and we drink of this cup, we do it in surrender. We do it with hearts to seek unity, hearts that would seek forgiveness, hearts that would seek to follow you and to walk with you and to live for you and to proclaim the name of Jesus. So Lord, we thank you for this. We love you for this and we thank you for all that you are in our lives and we pray that you would just continue to guide us, continue to bless us and continue to show us the things that you have us have for us, Lord. We love you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening and we pray you were blessed by today's message. You're invited to worship with us Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. For directions and information about Soul Rio, and our weekly events, please visit our website at soulrio.com. You may also contact us by phone at area code 505-792-8737 or email us at info at soulrio.com. At Soul Rio, we're a community of followers of Jesus Christ, committed to live by faith, to be known by love, and to be a voice of hope to our community. We invite you to go with us on this journey.